Welcome to The Underperformers, where we believe you deserve to find purpose and passion in your career. But for many, work is mundane and meaningless. We know how disheartening it is to feel uncertain and unfulfilled. From manual labor to desk jobs, we've navigated careers at multiple Fortune 500 companies. We invite you to join us, learn from our successes and shortcomings, and realize your worth and potential. You're not a failure. You're not alone. It's time to rewrite the narrative. What does it mean to be an underperformer? You decide. All right, Phil, why are we here? What are we doing? Oh, man, we're doing a podcast. Well, that's fair. Okay. Next step, what is the podcast about? Uh, The podcast is about us sharing our experiences because we really want to help people. We've been through some stuff um, and feel like there's a lot of value in what we've learned, um, whether it's been success, our successes or uh, shortcomings. We've kind of fallen flat at times, tried super hard, and uh, had to learn some things the hard way and kind of had to discover ourselves along the way. Mm. In my experience, at least. What about you, though? Yeah, I think similar. I think I think I enjoyed telling more about my experiences than actually striving to acquire those experiences. Hmm. Where I would just happen through, boy, just like a variety of like really random and life changing moments, and thinking I should probably tell somebody about this. That'd probably be really helpful. And that's been on my mind since I think my first job years ago. And that's kind of why we're here. I think we should probably explain why the underperformers exist and what the underperformers is. They probably got that from the intro, but what are the underperformers? What are we? What are we? I think at times um, I've been labeled as an underperformer by my superiors, um, by not meeting their expectations. Um, you know, maybe they thought I was something that I'm not. I felt at times I didn't fit the mold. Mm. And that caused me a lot of times to feel like something was wrong with me. Mm. That it's like, well, they're expecting this type of person to do this job. And that's not me, Mm. but I'm going to do my best to be that person. What I think they want rather than play into my strengths and just be myself. Mm. And so in many ways, that label of underperformer is given to us by others, but we also label ourselves that when we try to, you know, be something else, have someone else sees us. I agree. And I think that's probably what the underperformer is. If I were to kind of try to simplify it, an underperformer is just simply someone who is still trying to understand themselves And other people are not really putting much effort into that. And they're just trying to, to your point, say, you need to fit this mold, regardless of who you actually are, you need to fit this mold in order for you to be successful at this job, at this industry, whatever it may be, you have to do this to be successful, even though they have little to no knowledge of that person's strengths or personality or characteristics. 
they're being defined from an external source that you need to be like this. And the underperformers are struggling with how do I deal with that? How do I deal with, I'm still trying to figure out what my strengths are, but I'm so busy trying to play catch up with these other people telling me what I should do that I don't even have time to figure out who I am. And what does that lead to? A lot of different things we'll talk about, but ultimately you just feel no fulfillment in what you're doing. You could call it burnout. You could call it depression. Um, you could call it eventual quiet quitting, whatever it may be. That's how I would simplify it in about mm. six and a half sentences is probably what that was. So yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think those are all like manifestations of mm. unfulfillment mm. and yeah, giving it different names. But it's like, when you get to that point of like, what am I even doing? Mm. Like, does this even matter? Mm. Um, it's crazy. As, as so many people go through it and we don't talk about it. And that, I mean, that's, that's why we're doing it. I think, I think it's even interesting. Let's talk about Phil's background here for a second as to or why you have done a lot of different things for very different companies working at Wells Fargo for many years, and then GE, Amazon, Target. And at each of those, you had very different functionalities. Mm -hmm. There's some overlap. And then you look at things you've done recently and how different <laughs> they are mm -hmm. from what you've done previously. How, how, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate going from one big company to the next, next doing something complete, like completely different from customer service to, you know, operations, distribution, to running an analytics team, to running like an, an area management for a big company. Like, how did you, how'd you do that? Like, and, and why does that after all this time still hold a lot of weight on you having to learn from those experiences? Well, I would say navigating that was me making an attempt to be fulfilled and mm. find who I am. Mm. I'll say that I didn't grow up with a whole lot of direction as far as career goes. I just saw my parents and, and saw, well, you know, my dad didn't go to, he didn't get a degree. Um, he's got a good job. Things are working out for him. And I didn't really have any drive or ambition to make tons of money. I just wanted enough to provide for my family. Just wanted to, you know, be comfortable and that's it. And so not, not applying to college, like as a senior in high school, <laughs> um, I just knew I wanted to have a family and mm. I just, I just thought if I'm a good person, everything's going to work out. Mm. And so mm. with the focus on, I want to be a provider and I just want to be comfortable. I just want to get by. It doesn't, I thought it doesn't matter what job I do. Yet, as I navigated these jobs and I hit roadblocks, you know, I'd climb the ladder. I, uh, at Wells Fargo, I started as a teller, then I became a lead. And through a little bit of adversity, people telling me, no, I don't think you should be a personal banker. You're not ready. Um, becoming that. And then, oh man, there's a lot of sales pressure. And like, I'm, I'm pretty awesome at customer service. I love helping people, mm. but I need to provide for my family. Mm. So sales is what matters. That's, that's what was important to 
the organization at the time. They've made a lot of changes, <laughs> and uh, they're great, not dogging uh, uh, on any business at all. Um, and that's that's a key point I want to make through this podcast is that it, we're we're not wanting to uh, bash any of the companies we've worked for. Um, it's it's just sharing our story through our lens. Um, and so just want to make that clear. Um, but at the time feeling that pressure to sell, but not being motivated to do that. I, I felt the type of selling I was doing, you know, wasn't all that great. Mm. Um, for, for my personal moral reasons, Mm. like just to sell, just to sell and not to help someone. I Mm. can't do that Mm. anyway. Mm. Um, and then, like, you know what? I'm not fulfilled here. Um, I'm going to go to the call center. And they actually pay more money because I want to provide for my family. Mm. But if you just focus on those external things, on, on the money aspect, on providing, you lose yourself along the way. And so I you know, thought I was climbing this ladder to success, and then I, I was stuck. And it's like, you know what? I should probably go to school. Mm. <laughs> I should probably get a degree. I hear if you get a degree, like you can get a job anywhere. And it'll be amazing. <laughs> um, and, and that's honestly what I thought because I never, like my high school t- counselor told me, you're going to be really great in college because you're a good BSer. Like, really? Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> like I can, it's like, I don't, I, th- I think so, at times I can be pretty witty and, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, it's just, for me, it was like, and, and even back then I didn't realize that I needed to look internally mm. like at myself and like what drives me. And mm. it's like, I love music. Um, maybe I'll study, you know, uh, I want to be like a sound engineer or something, mm. but it was I'm not going to explore that because that's going to require moving and getting another full-time job somewhere else and starting over. And I'm not going to provide for my family. Mm. Mm. So there's a lot to dissect there. And I don't even know if I answered your question. Well, to be I honest. Think, well, I think you kind of did. And I, I think that the, the key point there is having no direction and then just a sheer misunderstanding of what actual reality is which I think is probably another component as to why the underperformers, right, is just kind of bringing a sense of reality. And we're not trying to be negative or, uh, you know, being very pessimistic about, you know, corporate careers or career changes or other things like that. But I think just understanding reality internally and externally and kind of how to navigate that because if, if you look at my story, my story is very similar, actually, now that we talk about it, because I worked at a call center and I made good money at the beginning. College student working full time, you know, making anywhere above 10 bucks an hour. You're really happy, right? <laughs> and I was able to see success quickly at a company that didn't necessarily see that. So I thought, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm in the bag, man. I got a promotion in nine <laughs> months. They've been here 10 years. They're still sitting in the same chair. Um, so obviously that eats into your ego a little bit. But after a while, you start to realize that, hey, wait a second. It seems like I'm in this cycle of 
I'm always trying to get to this next spot. I get let on and it never comes. Mm-hmm. Right. They say, Hey, I'm like, Hey, is there any career things coming up? Like, are there any promotions? Are there any other jobs? And like, Oh yeah. Like we're, we're working on some stuff, you know, just keep working hard, just work hard, just work hard <laughs> and you'll be considered. They told that to people who'd been there longer long before I got there and they were still in that same seat. And it only takes so long for you to realize I don't I don't think there's anything ever really coming. And when they did come, it was just sheer who's the quote unquote luckiest at the time. Mm. Um one guy got promoted to a senior role who was only there eighteen months with no degree. And there are people who'd been there five years with a degree who I thought were more, I would say, qualified. And they didn't even get looked at. They just, Mm. they were just skipped over. That's when I had the reality of like, oh, if I go back to your point, I'm just chasing money and status and this, I'm going to be disappointed because unless you know the right people or or are always in the right situation, uh, you're going to be disappointed for most of your career if that's what you're chasing. And I had kind of a jaded view because I thought, well, I got promoted really fast. I must be pretty decent. I must be okay. Hmm. You know, I should be considered. And then I hit that dead spot. And there, I remember having conversations with these other individuals, and I'll talk a lot about some of these people at this call center throughout the podcast, but it, it just seemed like we refused to accept reality. We refused to accept that there was no set path, that it's all by chance, that they, the management... They didn't even know when the senior leadership would approve a role, what kind of role. And when they went through a process for the role, it was just sheer what felt good mm. at the moment. It's, I believe in finding the right candidate. I really do. But it seems like trying to be equitable to everybody involved is impossible. And it leads so many people on. And instead of being honest and saying, you might be in the same role for the rest of your life. They would just continually say, well, just keep working hard. We're just, just going to string you yep, along. Just keep doing your best. Yeah. And it could be 20 years go by and you're sitting in the same seat doing the same thing. Do you know why, though? Because you're, you're leaving your life to, up to fate. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. you're letting fate decide write your story for you when you need to, you know, find what it is that drives you and what you want out of your life and, and just go for it. Mm. Like, and that's, that's really hard to do. Like just, just to come to that realization, Mm. you know, took me 37 years, (laughs) something crazy like that, Mm. you know? And I, my hope is that, um, you all find that at a much younger age, <laughs> um, you know, whoever's listening, um, and maybe you're, you're my age or older. It's, it's not too late, um, to take control and figure out what it is you want. And that doesn't mean, you know, quitting your job and, you know, just chasing the dream, um, cause there's consequences to that, but it's, it's about finding finding yourself again. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had, you know, going on that journey, <laughs> that journey of self-discovery, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah. that was my experience mm-hmm. after several corporate jobs. And then like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try like a startup. Mm-hmm. 
and you know maybe a smaller company and still finding finding a bit more satisfaction but it's it's not the size of the company it's you know me deciding this is what i want to do mm. i want to try something new um i'm figuring this out and i'm not letting you know some some other organization or my boss or anyone string me along with the promise of a better shift mm. or a better promotion like more money mm. or or like you said status a, a title you know whatever it is that you you think is important to you um those are all external things it's <sighs> it's finding you know this is who i am this is what drives me this is what i want and when i do that thing i'm i'm fulfilled <sighs> i'm satisfied so so well put <clears throat> so eloquent and i think to add to that <clears throat> especially with the the journey right your your personal journey i think i want to i'm going to counter my own story of i knew people who were sitting in the same seat for 15 years who had found through their journey that they were happy Absolutely. where they were at and i think that's one thing that will set us apart from maybe other career professionals is they say get hungry find out what you want to pursue it right and to your point, take that self journey and then turn that into success, right? But that success doesn't even have to be external either in terms of where you're at in your career. If you are able to, in your current role, find that, hey, in my journey, in my goals, the things I want to achieve, this is still right in line with where I wanna be. And that's usually with, I find satisfaction outside of work. This helps me provide for the family life I want or I finally realize this is all I need. Um, that's part of the underperformers as well, that maybe after many years of you being at a role or a job or a career path, you're able to somehow through your journey, find out, you know what, this is still in line with what I feel like I need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you and I have had different setbacks where that wasn't necessarily the case for us. And there are some people who will leave corporate careers, start their own business, become entrepreneur and go crazy. And they're like, yes, this is my life. We're saying that's not for everybody, <laughs> you know, no. there, and, and there are people who are, I think, happier than some entrepreneurs just sitting at their desk job for 15 years. Um, because it goes back to that self-reflection. What can you control internally and not leaving fate? I really like that, by the way, because sometimes I think we think, hey, if we work hard, fate will take care of us. That's not, that's not true. Fate will not always take care of you. Fate can step in sometimes and be like, you know what? I'm going to throw you a bone. But generally, fate's like, I don't know, dude. Like, you control you, not me. And external forces of you can't just let your bosses and your supervisors and your colleagues define what your satisfaction is. You need to find that yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I was just thinking of other people I know that... um you know, really like being like the desk job does not define them. Like it's, mm. it's not what, what they want out of life. And they go to a job that I find like, I would never do that in a million years, but, but that's what it's all about. It's, mm. it's what's in it for them. Um, you know, I, I know someone who, um, took a desk job at a, at a call center, mm. um, and, you know, was miserable and then wanted to go. Uh, they're like, you know what? I want to be a, a police officer. 
I was like, that's insane. Like, why would you like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to, to understand, but, um, they made a plan. I'm just realizing this now they took control. Um, they went out and they started as a corrections officer, mm. um, working at the jail. Mm. Um, you know, think, think what you want about, mm. about those professions and, um, you know, all the issues we have nowadays. Um, anyway, but, but for them, that's what, that's what drove them. And, um, even though, you know, the pay wasn't the greatest, that was part of a bigger vision and they eventually became uh, a police officer. Mm. Um, and now they sell real estate. So it's, I mean, that, that's a journey for them, <laughs> but, but for him, it was not being confined to a desk mm. and, um, he, he's, you know, uses a computer, sits down, has to write offers, contracts and stuff now, mm-hmm. but he gets to be out there with people. Mm. And, and that's, that's what drives him. And it took him some time to get there and find mm. that. Um, but yeah, everybody's path is different, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and I think that's the point that you were making is, um, you know, it could mean starting your own business, becoming your own boss, having all the freedom, mm-hmm. um, all the money, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, get to, I get to decide when I go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, other people, it's like, you know, I really enjoy getting up at four in the morning and getting off early so that I could spend the afternoon doing whatever I want. Mm. Um, it's just, we are all so different and we just can't let the role that we're in define who we are. Mm. And I will take that even one step further, the role or the situation we're in define who we are Mm. now is not forever. Mm. That is a comment we say a lot in our household because we have young kids, my wife and I, and (laughs) there are moments just with young kids that, you got to take some deep breaths. You know, you got to like refocus because you're like, I love these children, but wow. Um, and the comment comes up that now is not forever. And mm. to your point, it, it's true. The underperformers really is just, it's it's everybody on their own path to figure out how do I actually reach the value that I want? And that value is self-determined. It does not have to be money. It does not have to be status. It does not have to be your power, your authority. It's you finding your value. What is the value you want and being able to find it? And the stat that is staggering to us, that was a big driver for why we felt we should share our story, was that 85% of people feel unfulfilled in their jobs? 85%? That means eight out of the 10 people you know are probably very unfulfilled with what they're doing right now. And that might not even just be their job or their role. It could be, um, part of their life situation as well. And we're here to just help everybody reflect and understand that Phil and I have gone through a lot of very unique experiences and we're here to share with you the lessons we've learned. Uh, but we also just want you to ask questions like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I going? What's the purpose of this? What do I want? What do I want? Why do I, I, why do I want that? I think you and I go back to our early days. It's like, what do I want? Well, I want this type of lifestyle. Well, why do I want it? And, and kind of going from like, well, I want it for this reasons. It's like, okay, but do you think there, there's something missing? Um, and, and as a question, you might honestly not even know right now, it might take years. 
I know some people, so do you, who at somehow at 21 years old, they knew exactly what they wanted, how to do it, how to get there, and they did it. And so by 27, they have all these things that we will sit from an external side and be like, oh, dang, that sounds really dope. I, th- I think I want that too. And there's some people who hit 45 and they're like, wait, I've been doing something for 25 years and I, 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 don't, actually, I don't like this. This kind of sucks a little bit. Well, so um, we're here to help everybody on their journey. Yeah, it's, I was just thinking when, when we see those people who are successful, especially at a young age, I think it's easy to, to say, well, you know, they just got lucky. Oh, fate. Fate threw them a bone. <laughs> Dang it, fate, where's my bone? <laughs> and, and it's like, we don't know what, what they had to do, what, what vision they had, all the work. All the, the, you know, maybe they did get lucky. You know, there are people out there. That's that, true. Some people hit the lottery. Some that, people do yeah. win the lotto, right? Yeah. But um, in my experience, for most people, it's they knew what they wanted and they took action and they made it happen. Mm. And so, yeah, this, it's tough, man. Yeah. That's, that's why we're doing this. We just want to help. Like, that's, that's my genuine, um, that's part of my why um, that I figured out on my journey is, man, I just love helping people, mm. um, especially connecting, um, you know, in small, like one-on-one, small settings. Um, you know, I've been told I, sh- I should have been a therapist <laughs> or counselor. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I do want that um, to help people in that capacity. Mm. But um, going to school again, <laughs> it's like, you know, that's, that's not in my plan. Um, wh- when you do decide something, you have to determine what sacrifices you're willing to make mm. to get what you want. Mm. And because mm. it, it takes that to mm. get there. You can't just, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to. Start a business. Mm. It's like, well, you probably can't, you know, watch TV as much <laughs> or at all at night anymore. <laughs> you willing to give that up for that dream? Um, anyway. No, I, and I agree. And, and I think kind of to round us out here, um, our why is to help you find your why by sharing how we are still arriving at our why mm. right now. It's a lot of whys. It's a lot of whys, but if you're not consistently asking why, what are you doing? You're, and, and You're getting lost. And you're getting lost. And, and usually the less you ask why, the more you're letting external forces have more control and influence over you mm. than they should for you to arrive at your happiness and your why. So please stick with us. This is our first episode. We appreciate you listening. We have a lot of good, more detailed, granular stories of us finding our why, and they get pretty funny and pretty sad at times. So tune in as we continue to release episodes. Uh, you know, Go ahead and like, leave some comments, subscribe, and we appreciate all of you. Until next time. Thank you. <laughs>